Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Uh, Tim, uh, thank you for joining us again. Um, And... One thing, we've coming out of the trade deadline again. Uh, you made the move for Emmanuel Moutier uh, to trading him to Knicks. You guys get Devin Harris from the Mavericks. What do you think he provides you that maybe you were missing before you made this move? Obviously, he's a veteran, the guy that's uh, played a lot of big games, a ton of playoff experience. He's uh, played various roles in his NBA career from a, you know, a top five pick, uh, one of the leading scores in the NBA, more recently kind of a Swiss Army knife for Coach Carlisle in Dallas playing on the ball, playing off the ball, defending you know one, two, and threes. So I think his versatility and a big game experience is something that certainly will help our second unit. Do you think that having a veteran point guard, I mean last year you had it with Jameer, do you think that having a veteran point guard, specifically someone who can anchor the second unit, is uh, kind of part of the equation, especially if you're going to be going through a playoff push like you guys were, say, last season too? Well, it's such a fluid environment you know, when this, uh, with Jamal's rapid maturation, with Gary really taking that next step and, and Cola continuing to uh, be kind of a, an anchor for our offense. Uh, I think it's helpful to have um, veterans behind some of those young guys. Um, so I think... Devin complements the youth that we have uh, in the starting lineup. So I, I like the overall mix. We have some older guys in, in RJ and Devin that have seen it all. Um, and you have some guys like Wilson and, and DA and Kenneth are really in their prime. Um, and then we have a bunch of young guys. Um, I guess Will's the one kind of outlier age-wise in that whole crew. But yeah, I think collectively, um, not just as players, but in terms of life experiences, um, on and off the court, I think it's a nice mix right now in the locker room. Now that you have the roster and you saw what Cleveland did yesterday, coming together really quickly um, with a big roster change, I did notice uh, you know you guys like struggle against Utah or excuse me not Utah, <laughs> Houston. Goddamn. Anyway, this is this is oh, this is all about um, You struggle against Houston, but you come out and it's just you know you came to play to motivate it as it turns out. Uh, Suns team. How do you think coming together when you add new players, uh, how, how do you mix that in? Because that was Devin's first game against the Suns. Mm-hmm. He played well. But is it always kind of like a, like a working out period, a flailing out period, do you think, with these new players coming in? Well, it's certainly a challenge, um, and our coaches do a great job of trying to blend these guys on the fly. I think with the change in the NBA schedule, the trade deadline being uh, prior to the All-Star break, it's a great chance for, for not just our team, but any team that made change to get those guys up to speed. And it's not just Devin. We uh, expect to have Mason back after the All-Star break and then Paul soon thereafter. So it's certainly a challenge um, blending three guys um, into the rotation, but it's not unique to our team. And thankfully we have a guy like Devin is, you know, he's been in so many different teams and coaches and scenarios. I think for a guy like him, it's a bit easier. Did you have a personal goal? Going into the, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this, but do you ever have personal goals going into a ted, trade deadline? Like, I want to make our team look like this when you're coming out of it. That's you, a great yeah. question. I think there was probably two or three objectives that we had on the board, and if we could achieve them, we were going to pretty actively go after those things, uh, not at all costs, obviously. Um, and I think one of them was the flexibility that Devin allows, um, not just offensive, but defensively as well. Um, you know, so we checked that box, um, but we had certain 
um, things in mind. Um, and it's, you know, it's not just for this year either. You, you always have to not have an eye on this off season and, and seasons moving forward. <laughs> but we, we were pretty specific in our shopping, and um, the only thing that that caused us to move was Devin. Beyond that, um, a million calls, but nothing that was actionable. Do you think that um, you know you've moved to this part of the season? We're about to hit the All Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look back on it, and you look back on how you guys have played, have you have you noticed a, a period of adjustment yourself through the season about where you started? You know, and Paul Millsap going out to the way they played. Well, I mean, uh, Millsap's been out since November, so. Mm-hmm. During this whole period of adjustment and in the way they played, do you think do you see a um, an evolution in the way the team has actually played since uh, that moment when uh, Millsap went out? Well, I think it's certainly there's been individual evolution. I think um, you know a single out Gary again, a guy that continues to spend his game, and, and a, a guy that, quite frankly, a lot of people question how good he could be, um, and all he's done is, is keep pushing those doors down. So I, I've been really proud of him getting uncomfortable, um, you know, playing a more aggressive brand of basketball. I think he's been fantastic. <laughs> and I think with with the reliance on so many young players, it's inevitable and, and unavoidable that they're going to have a lot of ups and downs. What's been neat is I think we've gotten better as the year progressed, and our, our young guys um, – while they're certainly young in stature and there's going to be nights they look like their age, I think for the most part they, they're firmly you know, committed and, and confident into the playoff chase right now. Um, it, the, the record is uh, what it is right now, and you find yourself in the eye teeth of basically what it's going to go down the, the basically downhill run to the playoffs. Um, unexpectedly, Utah uh, is playing better than almost anyone they have thought. You're having a lot of different variables come into it. Do you think it's better to have a challenge and fight for playoff positioning, or is it more like you would prefer to ease in? Uh, shoot, I mean, I think it's for the narrative, I guess, the challenge, but <laughs> <laughs> certainly I don't think any of us would complain if there was. If all, all eight teams had clinched at this point, I think we'd be pretty happy as well. But yeah. I, I think it's up to us. Certainly we have to control our own uh, destiny. I think we've um, we've played periods of really good basketball. We've, we've struggled at times, um, but I, I think our best basketball is probably ahead of us. Um, I think it's well-timed uh, reinsertion of Mason and Paul when some teams might be dragging, some teams might be a little tired. Um, but I think we can't scoreboard watch. If, if we do what we're supposed to do and continue to play good basketball on both ends of the floor, I think you know, we'll be one of the final eight teams. And if we're not and we do those things and some teams stole it from us, then, you know, uh, Godspeed, you know. Um, but I think it's fun. I think it's enjoyable that, um, you know, there's this many teams fighting for those final four spots, really. Um, so it's um, it'll, it'll be fun. I think it's fun as a fan. I think it's fun as a um, as a player. But I think if we can kind of control what we can control and play good basketball, I, I like our chances to, to play in the postseason. Um one of the big debates going rage has been raging among uh, people who cover the NBA has been Nikola Jokic and how he directs an offense and how basically he, if he's got the ball in his hands a lot and and is able to uh, dictate the offense, the the offense is that much more elite mm-hmm. with the Nuggets. Do you think that Millsap coming back 
or maybe even Plumlee coming back, or any players, additional players coming in, will help or hinder that ability for him to do that sort of thing? Well, certainly we hope it helps. We're not trying to bring back guys that will hinder. I thought he and Paul were really starting to figure each other out prior to Paul's injury in that game in L.A. Yeah. Um, I, I think Paul's a pretty simple guy that can blend on both ends. I also think, uh, you know, Paul and Mason are two better defenders, so, um, you know, we're better when we're playing – uh, with a live ball, not taking the ball to the basket. And I think guys like Mason and Paul certainly help in that regard. Um, but it's, you know, we, we have to be what we are. And a lot of that is dependent on Nicola's creativity and kind of atypical style of play. And I think uh, Coach has done a great job of, of kind of adjusting on the fly and figure out the best way to make not just Nicola, but his teammates effective. But, um, yeah, I, it'd be difficult to me envision any scenario where you get guys like Paul and Mason not pretty excited about the impact they're going to have on both ends. Uh, the development of Kamal Murray and Gary Harris has been pretty much, uh, to me, one of the biggest uh, – Developments of the season, mm-hmm. the actual ability for them to take that next step. Um, was this it, was this something that when you got both of them, it, specifically Gary, mm-hmm. um, Gary didn't have we didn't come out with a reputation of a good shot, mm-hmm. um, and you noticed that as he's developed, it's kind of come along. Was this the way you envisioned Gary when you drafted him, or you think that maybe he could be slot into this kind of role? No, I think Gary's a guy that um, first unbelievably intelligent. Uh, very quietly confident, kind of, you know, great parent. When you're, you're around his parents, you see why he is that way. Um, forget he's you know top five, top ten high school player. Played for Coach Izzo. Um, had kind of funky uh, shooting splits at Michigan State. Uh, certainly struggled his first year, um, but his development is because of his work ethic and I think his kind of mental approach. Um, and what's really neat, and Gary and I talk about it quite often, is um, he keeps pushing himself to be better and better and better. Um, he easily, uh, especially after signing a contract extension, um, the year he had last year was fantastic. And if he, did, if he repeated that this year, um, we'd be very excited. And, and we're seeing him do things that we've never seen him do prior. You know, maybe taking some taking some tougher shots, a little a little more creative as an ISO basketball player. So, uh, of all those guys, and we, and we have a, uh, I think a locker room full of great guys and great stories. To see his development is one of the more enjoyable parts of this season, um, because he's just a no ego guy who's extremely <laughs> confident without having an ounce of uh, egotistical you know approach to his game. And I think it's fun to see um, him start to realize how good he can be, and certainly. With his improved play, we become that much more dangerous, and that backcourt should be together for a long, long time. Do you think uh, Jamal uh, kind of leaping forward this year? Um, last year kind of was a, a bit of an up-and-down year for him. Um, once he hit the All-Star break last year, you kind of saw an ascendancy. But this year, as of basically mid, end of December into January, he really took a, a step forward that we we were all kind of hoping that he would mm. take. Is this all the same question to you? Is this something that you kind of envisioned when with Jamal? We thought Jamal had a chance to be special. Um, again, not just as a as a player, but as a person. And you're around the team all the time. You know his approach is pretty unique for a guy that his age, you know, 20 year old guy. <laughs> we're extremely hard on Jamal because uh, we know how good he can be and I, at times I, I joke with Jamal I think I'm probably too critical of him and I take a step back and realize he's 20, 20 years old playing that position <coughs> excuse me and, and playing at such a high level um, so I think Jamal's uh, the game's starting to slow down for him I think he's getting a better feel of how to play off of guys like Nicola and Paul and Mason you know it's not um, it's not a traditional brand of basketball at times I think he's done a better job of um, getting to his spots and not 
you know, degree of difficulty shots count the same as an easy shot. Um, so, we, you know, when we draft these guys, we, we obviously like them. We, we take them for a reason. We thought Jamal had a tremendous upside, and it's it's very impressive what he's doing right now at his age, um, and not just his age, but his age and what we're doing as a team. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, ask about Tory Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, been impressive in his stint up here. The I, I would be honest with you and say that I have no concept of the two-way <laughs> con- deal. I, I don't know what the deal is with the 45 days yep. or anything like that. Obviously, you're close. What were your plans with Tory? Um, I mean, I know you can't be too specific, but what, what is your vision with Tory Craig going forward after his stint up here? I would, we like Tory a ton, um, heavily scouted in Australia. We thought he brought an ability to play, uh, you know, both sides of the basketball court. I think his energy's been infectious. He's given us great minutes. Um, he's he's had to defend some really really good players, um, and he has not looked overmatched. Which you know, I, I forget about his age for a rookie. That's hard to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> with the two way guys, you're trying to find guys that can augment and complement what you previously have. And I think he's certainly done that. I think Monte has. Uh, the other night it wasn't the the um, you know the score was backwards by the time he got in. I thought he looked great against Houston. He looked yeah. like he belonged. He's been one of the best players in the G League. So we're all kind of flying blind in, in year one, both from the team side and the league side. But we're lucky that we have two two way guys we think are, are part of not just our present but our future as well. Yeah, Monte Morris uh, played extremely well uh, in that mm-hmm. what it turned out to be extended garbage time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was fortunate that he was able to get in and they, the Rockets still had Ryan Anderson out there. And so Chris was, Paul in there. Chris and, Paul was yeah. out there. You know, It wasn't as if they were putting the scrubs out yeah. there so he got a good test. Uh, did he so show you something that... Um, that, that you were looking for. I well, I think with Monte, the, the greatest attribute he has is he's naturally trustworthy. Um, you know, a four-year point guard, a real point guard, which is a, a dying breed, not just in the NBA, but in college basketball. He's a floor general. You know, he's going to have the ball, and he's going he's gonna to communicate. He's going to direct traffic. He's got a very, you know, calming presence around his teammates. I think what he did, you know, with us not having a G League franchise, what he was able to do in RGV, going down there when they had a, you know, their two-way guy, and their roster guy and still carve out a, a monstrous role kind of speaks to um, how his approach is kind of plug and play and how how quickly coaches believe and trust in Monte. So, um, you know, he's not the flashiest guy in the world, but he's a very good basketball player. He makes his teammates better, and there's a, a calming influence he brings to court that's really rare for anybody his age. Uh, last one for me. Um, this is your fifth year as GM. Yep. Um, and this is my sixth year covering the Nuggets. Yeah. Did you ever think, actually, this is my 10th year covering the Nuggets, but this is my sixth year credential. Did you ever think, you ever think that you would see me sitting here five years later? Uh, well, I, I hope not. <laughs> really, I hope, I hope you're a flash in the pan. We tried to take the credentials away a couple times. A couple times. But there was some <laughs> some issue. I don't know, the, the HR level, I guess. No, it's uh, – you know what's really cool about Denver is it's become home, mm-hmm. and it's become home, um, you know, at the risk of brown nosing because the guys like you, or, you know, or um, you know, so many – fun people I've met around the team and certainly we haven't had the team success that we've hoped like it's weird not doing this without Nate know, right now I know. Um, but it's been a fun really enjoyable time in my life and it's because the relationships and the humor as 
uh, you know, as you know very well, um, I'm not the most serious guy in the world. So some of the off the cuff humor that never makes it to these. Yes, it's true. Very impressive <laughs> podcasts. Um, it's fun. It is Denver's home now, so it's really fun. And um, it, professionally, it's been disappointing we haven't brought back the level of play that I think this community deserves. Um, I think we've I think we've turned the corner. I think we've seen the building recently kind of be more reminiscent of the building ten years ago. Um, so it's um, it's I, honest to God. Until you just said that, I didn't realize it's been five years. I mean, I I'm sure I knew knew, but it seemed like it was just yesterday. It's amazing. Yeah. It's stunned that it's that been that long. Um, oh, Nate would kill me if I didn't ask yeah. this. Um, and what are you watching? I'm watching. Um, well, you don't have to talk less. I, mean, I don't want to repeat. I'm watching a uh, pretty weird. Sh- I like these shows in um, in subtitles. I like the mm-hmm. foreign shows, yeah. and not like I'm really picking up language, but it makes me feel a bit smarter <laughs> when I'm <laughs> reading. Not and when I read, I have to turn my mind off really, and yeah. I can listen and, and still kind of my mind tends to run a bit. So I'm watching a show on Netflix right now called Noble N O B E L. Um, I saw that. I haven't seen it yet. Though. It's pretty good. It's yeah. a, it's out of Oslo. It's um, it's pretty interesting, you know. Um, what else? Um, that's it right now. I watched, I watched a documentary the other night about uh, all, all these B-roll films from like Germany, France, when German occupation they oh, took them over. Right. That was pretty interesting. Um, you know, anything again. I, I like documentaries. Uh, I like Netflix is on a roll right now. Yeah, I'm enjoying a lot of their shows. But just to turn the mind off is great. Um, and my wife's really into some new show. Um, the way we are, the way we were, or something. Is that right? I think it's a network show. The way we were. I'm not. She, she is. Think. I think it's a network show. I'm googling it because everyone's watching The Good Place right now. What is that about? Since we got Ted dancing in it, and I'm so, off. Ted dancing? Yeah. No, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what's her show. She's. Well, I don't know. She's in, really into some show right now about. I think a, a blended family. It's a network show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is who we this are. This is us. This is us. Yes. Yeah. The way we were was a Barbara Streisand <laughs> the way film with Robert Redford. This <laughs> <laughs> is really the '73 Sidney Pollack films. Yes, it was great. Yeah. I'll have to ask her about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. all I got. How about you? You watch anything? Um, let's see. I just watched. Uh, um, I'm watching this show on Amazon called The Expanse. What's that it's about? kind of a sci-fi show. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really into sci-fi shows, but it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, Grace and Frankie. Um, What's Grace and Frankie? That's the one with Lily Tomlin and... Uh, oh, yeah. I read about that. Yeah. Any good? Oh, I love it. Yeah? I love it. Um, it's Lily Tomlin and, um, and, um, and um, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Um, there's this show... Uh, I watched the entire series of Longmire. Have you seen that? No. What's that about? Uh, it's about a uh, Western-based uh, sheriff. It's said it's modern. Yeah. It's a Western sheriff in, in Wyoming. Yeah. And it's, I thought it was, if you really want to... Oh, yeah, I've Western, heard about that. Pretty good? Yeah, Western. It's very Western. Yeah. It's not Western as in what you think... You've been known to... You, you like the Western wear. Yeah. I show up... Ten-gallon hats and yeah. chaps. No, no, I, I, sh- I show up everywhere I go in, in really nice boots <laughs> yeah. and a big belt buckle. It is, your belt buckle. <laughs> I also saw... Um, I don't know. When's the last time we spoke? Because I don't want to... A couple months ago, right? Three or four months? Uh, is pretty good. The um, oh, yeah. Italian mob. Yes. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, well there's been, actually, Netflix, you're right, Netflix, Next Netflix has been on a roll with documentaries. I, I really like a lot of the foreign stuff. And, I do, too. You know, like, Fauda was good. I thought that oh, was Fauda interesting. Was great. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, I, I like a lot of what they're doing. It's almost, if it's a Netflix foreign crimes... <laughs> 
Like that, that's the query that I'm in. I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just very specific. Well, it's fine because yeah. I'm, I'm really I, I have really enjoyed a lot of what I've seen uh, recently, and Amazon's had a lot too on there. Of course, I watched Ash versus the Evil Dead. Which yeah, is... yeah. I've heard um, I heard the um, I heard, someone told me about a show on Amazon two years ago that of World War II the result was different. Oh yeah, no, it was uh, Man the Tower. Might be you, High Castle, yes. or Andy Feinstein. I heard that's really good. Yeah, Andy actually, Andy was the one. Yeah, that, like, heard that was good. There's two seasons of that. So yeah, it's it's actually very good if you kind of like that revisionist. Thing, yeah, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a comedy. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you very much, Tim, for uh, joining me as always, and uh, hopefully Nate gets better. He has currently has the plague, so the the, the black lungs. Yeah, so he's the one that's going around. So anyway. Well, yeah, well, it's cool. still, I've still never seen the third member of the crew. Ross, yeah, I, I should show you a picture of him yeah. when we get off of yeah. this. Yeah. So this is five years of no Ross. Five years of work, no Ross. Ross. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.